1: Celebrate Happy early Christmas. That's right. For those of you on the, I guess it's, it literally feels like the entire country, but it might just be the East Coast of people's mm. travel plans. Mm. I've heard so many, like, I want to say it's a Surgeon General warning, but that would be wrong of people just no. being like, <laughs> people being like, don't travel if you can prevent it. Yeah. Apparently, John has six inches of snow already. It's and he's crazy. And more self than me, so. Yeah. We don't know what's gonna happen here, guys. We just don't know.
0: It's a winter wonderland outside of my window, and um, d- d- like Darren said, depending on where you are, you might not have it. I'll say, Darren, you know, 30, 45 minutes away from here, they got no snow. So I think it okay. really just came to me to ruin my Christmas.
1: It's a but Christmas it's miracle. Some um, people
0: like snow. I don't personally cool. like it. So
1: yeah, ex- no, I mean, I I absolutely love it. I think if it's gonna be cold, it might as well snow. But then, like the day after, it's like icky and gross in New York. Yeah, but- exactly. We digress. Listen, we're taking a much-needed break this holiday. We hope all yeah. of you are as well, but we didn't want to leave you guys high and dry. I wanted to personally leave you guys high.
0: You did, but That's I, right. I, I,
1: John was like not okay with that. We never know why. We I, never yeah, know why John's not okay with it. We don't understand.
0: I just need you in your most focused frame of mind. You know what I mean for the show. That's Let basically me what. Also, it
1: is. say when I yeah. went home for um, dinner last weekend with my mom, who number one fan. She asked me to bring her some loomy gummies, and I just <gasps> want—I just want to say that she asked me, and so I said, "Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent." But so we are—we are, uh, are going to play a flashback episode. But John, yeah. you actually broke this news to me with oh, Scott Peterson,
0: <laughs> yeah. not
1: getting a new, new trial. trial, he was denied. Back, well, you. So. Well-
0: yeah, that is some breaking news we wanted to mention just so you guys knew that we were on top of it. We just recently did that Scott Peterson episode. We kept waiting for the we kind of, I think we pushed it a week even, hoping that yeah. we would um, he, we, we would have some kind of um, announcement from the judge but we recorded the episode we had to put it out and the latest is just that he was denied a new trial, which I was surprised by. I thought I thought he was probably going to get a new trial based on that evidence, but What did you think? Based
1: on everything we read, I thought, you know, given the fact that it's high profile, however, unless they kind of had another suspect, because it was such a crazy case with the media, Mm -hmm. I can't really see them reach. Like, it feels better for the Justice Department to put someone behind bars, regardless of whether or not he's guilty, and like, let's yeah. say they retry him, and they find that he's not guilty. Will they have to reopen that case entirely again. Yeah, totally. Like,
0: yeah, you
1: know, and they're usually not want to do that. So I could mm-hmm. kind of see, uh, and also maybe the evidence wasn't there. You know, maybe there were things yeah. that we didn't see that we couldn't read. Exactly. And so who knows? There's a number of different factors, but it might not have just yeah. been purely evidence based. So it did seem a little sussy with that juror, but you know, we're well, not. In, I we're, just unfortunately we don't we can't adjudicate those decisions.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And I just hope that maybe with these advancements in touch DNA and all of the hopefully evidence and DNA that they were able to collect, that we could maybe use, you know, 20 years later. You know, we maybe. keep hearing like Golden State Killer and all these different ways that they're able to find, um, you know, details about murders all these years later. Maybe that'll come into play here. You never know. But yeah, nonetheless, we know. Scott yeah, Peterson we, is we are still aware. in jail. Yeah, we are. He's still
1: in jail. Um in fact I got a number of some gay men, I won't name names, who were like, I don't care if he's guilty, I'd still have sex with him. And I was oh like,
0: my God. Oh know, my God. You know, I mean This is the problem with true crime. You guys cannot be obsessed with these convicted killers, whether you believe him or not.
1: I know. When that whole like thing came out about Halloween of people being like, please stop dressing as Dahmer, this is as, a little insensitive. Yeah, it s- was sickening. just
0: like Really quickly before we move on, I did want to mention that I gave my friend his early Christmas gift, the microdose gummies that we talk about on the show. He loved them. Everybody I've given them to has really loved them. My mom, my sister, like I think my mom stole my sister's actually, so that's something we're working through this Christmas. But anyway, he's really into THC, my friend, and um other similar types of products, and I told him to tell me the truth. I was like, "If if you don't feel like they're working, like tell me that too. I want to know the details." He said he loves them and he takes them every night before he goes to sleep or starts to wind down, I should say, before he goes to sleep. So, big hit with everybody that I've given them to. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about Microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code SHAKEN.
1: Are you going anywhere for the holidays, given the... Not special? really.
0: I'm going to be hanging out here through Christmas. Um, okay. And yeah, well, I'll have more about other plans at another time, because I'm they're okay. still coming together a little bit, but we'll see uh, how it goes. What about you?
1: Uh, I am going to be here, but um, we're going to have to discuss this in a full episode uh, next year. But I am doing what's called yeah. a mileage run, and in order to keep, oh. I am a hundred and seventy nine dollars short of a new airline status on Delta, <gasps> and until oh. the end of the year, a hundred and seventy nine dollars short. Okay, it <laughs> killing my OCD, so I'm literally flying to Boston <laughs> oh on Tuesday God. at seven a.m. and then just taking oh the train God. back two hours later. Are you
0: kidding me, Darren? Are you kidding I, me? Yeah,
1: uh, no, I'm. It's um, I.
0: You are too it, busy like, for that I, kind of travel.
1: But, but am I? Because like, okay, you take the flight, business class. It's an hour flight. I'm taking mm-hmm. a train back two hours later, so oh. I literally get back into the city at two o'clock. The train is four hours. It's free Wi-Fi. Like, I'll take some snacks. You I'll have, have to a good do time. This? Uh,
0: do you have to do this before the end of the year? Is there like a deadline? Yes, that's why. Oh, okay, gotcha, In gotcha. order,
1: I'm literally $179 short from getting the next status. So I was just like, I, ha- okay. I, 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 I must.
0: And you I must. must do it before the 31st or whatever. Correct. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Yes, and so I'm doing right.
1: it Tuesday the 27th. So. All right.
0: Can you imagine, guys listening, can you imagine having that kind of a life and a problem? Like, imagine waking (laughs) up and you're like, I must fly to Boston immediately and take the train back on Wi-Fi in first class.
1: It's called the mileage run, okay? And (laughs) I'm... I'm okay with it. Okay, it's All gonna right. be a road to nowhere. That David Byrne song, but uh, I guys, will not we'll just,
0: yuck your yum, as they yeah. Say.
1: Don't yuck my yum. But uh, we did want to say have obviously a very happy holiday, happy and yes. healthy holiday. We know a lot of things are going on around there, so just stay as healthy as you yeah. can. And um, here's enjoy a your families episode. and friends.
0: Yes, absolutely. Sorry I well, here's you. a f-
1: Here's a flashback episode from last year we thought you guys would like. But <laughs> Happy
0: Holidays afraid. Darren. You have a wonderful Christmas Hanukkah. I know you celebrate everything you. cuz you're that kind of gal. Yeah, and an equal we'll be back next holiday
1: week. lover. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Will. All right, I'm love you guys. That. Have a great year or great Christmas or Hanukkah wow. and here is the flashback episode.
1: All right everyone, welcome to shaken and disturbed. I am Darren Carp. As always, I am your daddy cat on the mic. Wicka wicka ow. Oh, 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 And of course, I'm here with my lovely mama bear. My, oh. my mommy. I'm here with my mommy, oh. John Thrasher. Oh,
0: uh, now we're getting into the weird stuff mommy to mommy with like the weird affect i don't know if we can do
1: that mommy mommy oh god i know oh my, my mom oh by the way speaking of mommies yeah correction okay. from um i think it was nmr when we were talking about john waters i said pink mm. elephants and i meant to say pink fl- flamingos as the movie ah. that he did with divine so ah
0: well listen m- we my bad really- We don't need to end up like some of these other true crime podcasts that get dragged through the mud, Darren, for not getting their facts straight.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, who doesn't confuse an elephant and Flamingo on the regular? (laughs) They're very similar. I can't
0: think of more opposite things than that. But you know what? It's fine. But that's
1: cool. It's fine. It's pride. We're still in pride technically when we're kind of recording this, but (laughs) we're not at pride anymore. Wait. what? I
0: just realized something. Were you thinking of the Madonna song that goes, pink elephants and lemonade? No, definitely not. No, 100% no. not. Okay. No, no, definitely not. Oh. No, 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 okay. no. no. Yeah, ooh.
1: Ooh. Uh, I am a lesbian woman, not a gay man. And right, just... no,
0: no concept. Got yep. it.
1: No concept of that. No concept I don't even know what that song is. is. <laughs> so, yep, 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 yep. I'm just reading my books. Moving right along. Moving right That's along. That's
0: right. That's right. You're, you're in a library and you are hiking.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's what you lesbians do.
1: Absolutely. If you want to hear about how wild John's pride and ours, how wild our pride was, <sighs> you need to listen to this week's NMR or also go back <laughs> a previous week and listen to John's strip club story. Because oh that, that was a loud and proud moment well, for all of us, I think, John well, Boy.
0: Yeah, the strip club story on NMR is called Gay Rights. And oh, where, yeah. when better, what a oh. better time to talk about gay rights than now. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, of course, and, you know, there's been a lot of things in the news recently, so check out our NMR, because this case, we really just want to um, focus on something that is kind of near and dear to Johnny and boys yeah. in our hearts, because we we did cover Marsha P. Johnson on Martini's and Murder, We did. Years ago, maybe— three years ago or something two or three yeah
0: i'm forgetting i want to say
1: it was 2019 only because that was world pride but i could be easily wrong about that so please don't come at me with that but
0: i can say i think it was 2020 because i remember uh doing the research right here at my desk really i do remember that
1: even though we were but maybe i'm wrong
0: let me let's look into it later who cares yeah i know that shows dead
1: like, like this pandemic like it just, time I know, has flown in a weird way, but
0: it has, it has,
1: um, if you haven't checked it out on Netflix yet, the life and death of Marsha yeah. P. Johnson, it's about hour and 40 minutes. I watched it. That's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. But to be fair, if you know about Marsha's story, um, you can follow right along. It's not like we're giving spoilers to that doc no, or anything like that. So we're just kind of. Honoring her life and how she wanted to be seen um, and I thought the doc did a pretty good job of at least trying to uncover the mystery of what happened to her because I got to say yeah. and I don't know if you remember this John but when we were covering Marsha and it's like she's one of those figures that a lot of people and not a lot of people also kind of know about totally, I, I, I'm yeah. not confident if my parents would know who Marsha P. Johnson is like she, right. they, they know what she represented, of course, but I'm not sure that they'd know specifically her. It's also very New York. I'm I was not, just gonna
0: she, say that, yeah. you know,
1: I don't know if like the San Franciscan gays understand who more she is, but regardless, for the gay movement, for the Pride movement, just for honestly yeah. being in my beacon of someone who just unabashedly themselves, um, yeah. I think this was a really important case to cover, and I didn't realize, John, and maybe you did, yeah. and, and maybe it just been. How much of a mystery was really surrounding her death?
0: Yeah, I, I didn't until I didn't um, get it until the this, documentary. Exactly,
1: yeah. I didn't get it until this specific doc of how much there's a lot of foul yeah. play. How kind of weird it was. I think people chalked it up to suicide, but when you really go through the weeds of it, it's like, wait, that doesn't kind of track for
0: anything. No, it doesn't track, and we're we're gonna get into. We should just get right into it. Actually, Let's do um, it. how that statistic or that information rather is still very much a statistic that transgender people deal with today. Yeah. You know, but into
1: some of those facts because of course it's, they are for lack of a better term here. They are pretty disturbing.
0: They very much are. And like Darren said, we have talked about Marsha P Johnson before, but we haven't talked about her yet on this show. And we wanted to pay homage to her to remind people of these staggering statistics that you just mentioned of surrounding trans death in particular. Um, in 2020, so we have the the most recent data that the human rights campaign has is for 2020. I think um, there will likely be, of course, 2021. HRC stands 2020. for
1: human rights campaign, not necessarily for Hillary Rodham Clinton. Although <laughs> that's
0: right. Although both, both are both are similar. accurate.
1: It's just we're talking about the human rights campaign. If we say HRC, uh, exactly. that's what we mean. Not yes. Hillary good Rodham call, Clinton. actually,
0: to make that point. Yes, well, because exactly.
1: HRC, everyone, I don't know. I guess yeah. nowadays it's like Clinton 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 so. Yeah, yeah right. Anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um yeah, so we'll be talking about HRC throughout this as we've sourced them throughout a lot of our information. And in 2020, at least 37 transgender or gender nonconforming people were victims of fatal violence and that's according to the HRC.
1: And I and I um, and I just want to put that into perspective because obviously like 37 obviously, you know, big number but also in the grand scheme of things doesn't seem right. that big you know like 37 people died in chicago yesterday you know like right, of course it doesn't seem that big but if you think about the percentage of how many people identify as trans which is usually right. less than one percent so the pool of people is going to be smaller than the whole population so 37 you kind of have to magnify that number i mean that's actually a pretty yeah pretty high percentage for that small percentage of the population. That's such a good point. Say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is such a good point because 37 does sound like a quote unquote small number. But right. I mean, when you think about, I mean, most people listening to this show, right, I would assume, you know, probably don't either don't know any transgender people or maybe know one. I know I myself, um, having lived in New York City for 10 years and am an LGBTQ person and have participated in many LGBTQ events over my lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, I really only have one transgender friend. And of course, I've met them throughout the years. But, you know, 37, if if you think about it, is almost one transgender fatality per week. It's not, you know, on average, it's not every single week. But it's getting close to that. And that is a lot, especially with... Um a minority that is being targeted and are likely the um you know, that is the reason they've been murdered, so right. to speak. So and, it's and, like
1: and especially back then yeah. when Marsha was around. I mean, during the sixties, seventies, like right. I can only imagine what it kind of was back then because I think people have yeah. For the most part, for lack of a better saying, I think that like the trans movement has sort of overtaken the gay movement, you know, in and, and, and being at the forefront yeah. right now. For for which is important because which is important. Absolutely. I think the gay yeah. issue for the most part, not with everyone, but I think for the most part as a nation has kind of it's settled well, law. We hope, right? Yeah, of course we hope, but I mean, I, I will say, if you just take the public opinion, I think yeah, most for people sure. oh, are for sure. definitely okay. Like, I well, think above seventy percent are okay with gay marriage. Um, I'm not right. sure it's as high with trans rates, so I think that right. that's this is like their time to do this, yeah, and we're allies a, in that kind of thing.
0: Such a great way to put this because when you say it's their time, because you know, the the reality is, as human beings, I mean, we could get really deep into this, and I won't spend a lot of time on it, but you know you think back to the civil rights movement in the 60s right Yeah. you know you, you you'd think you know at least in that in those moments and in the years and the decades later as a society we overcame that although of course especially more recently those those conversations right. around race are maybe even you know hot, hotter than they were back then but it takes time and so you know i've been as and especially Darren, maybe you, as as people who have been through movements, um, like the LGBTQ movement, like especially gay marriage and just equal rights, which through most of our lifetime was the big fight, right? Like we spent most of our lifetimes, you know. I remember I think I've talked about this on a recent episode where like I didn't quite comprehend even being able to be married until like late in college, yeah. let alone having children. And I remember When Andy Cohen, your boss and and good friend, you know, kind of announced to the world that he was going to be a dad. That was like kind of the first celebrity that I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Like I could have children. I didn't quite put all that together. For I mean, I worked
1: with him when we got the right to get married, which it just seems. I mean, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I think it just maybe a thing of like it seems so long ago and yet not long at all. I don't know how else to kind of quantify that, (laughs) but, um, But yeah, it's, it's, history is long and also very short. I mean, if you really think about the gay rights movement, it's only yeah. been really like 50 years at the forefront of, uh, yeah, that's I think, true of too. a lot of things. And in, and in geological terms, 50 years is actually a pretty short time to change people's opinions, but it's a lifetime for other people who have to struggle with all of have this. And I'm obviously it. hoping yeah. it happens a lot sooner with a lot of other things, but things right. do take time. And so if you look at it kind of like that, it's, it's just interesting.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, that's what I was getting at with the with transgender people is like, of course, we are all fighting for their rights and we want equality. But at the same time, you know, because it is such a new thing that I feel like the public and society at large is sort of coming to terms with. And, and, you know, we've talked so much about representation, like we're seeing more and more trans people on television in Mm -hmm. movies. And I think that is such an important part of People just needing to understand and be educated about what it means to be trans because for so long we'll or, get into some of these details. We've yeah. heard only negative, horrifying things about these people. You yeah, know? I think
1: people in general hate different, um, exactly. at, least, at least in the first part, you know, look at immigrants, right? Look at right. anything, look yeah, at anything there you that, go. of someone yeah. that might be different. I think we other them very easily. But if you really get down to it, I mean, I think I always say the best disinfectant is sunlight and just like the gay community i think it's 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 not even i mean it's 100% education of being like i don't think anyone wakes up and is like yeah i want to be trans like i don't think anyone wakes up and is like yeah i want to be gay right. like i at least like you know it's harder to be both of those things in this world like it just right. is um is. for better or for worse i'm not saying it's impossible but it's hard and so i always thought that the best disinfectant is really sunlight and its exposure you know it's exposure mm-hmm. to finding out that Hey, maybe your boss who you really like and really respect and love going out with happens to be trans. And so yeah. in your mind, you're like, maybe they're not that different than me. You know, maybe they are the same That's fucking exactly human being just with, you know, different ways yeah. of expressing themselves. Or, you know, it's just, um, I just find, I always found the argument hard to believe that like people choose this shit, you know, it's like, yeah. I wouldn't even choose to be left-handed.
0: Right. You know, like (laughs) the world is oriented
1: for righties. Like I wouldn't choose that. That seems harder. And that doesn't seem to be like an othering thing. So I always just, you know, I try and not, I try and not fall down that trap. But I do think, I think exposure is the best. Either way, I'm getting off on a tangent. Marsh is the best. No, I love it. I love it.
0: I love that. No, and it's all, those are all great points. And by the way, as, you know, as LGBTQ people ourselves, you know, we do feel a certain responsibility to speak out about these issues. However, I should make it clear, neither of us are looking to speak for trans people or um, their experiences because, my God, like especially with the one friend I know, you know, he goes through a lot and I don't want to speak for them. But basically what I'm trying to say is we are allies and we are here to share information about this particular struggle that so many people are going through. And the other thing is and before I continue and I will make this quick is I think, you know, the sad reality about the statistics, which I'm about to get into, as I just mentioned, 37 transgender or gender nonconforming people were victims of fatal violence in 2020 is that I think that number as tragic as it is, is going to grow, but in a good, in the way that is because so many more people are maybe more willing to express themselves as they see themselves represented on television, or they gain the courage by other means of, um, example and things like that yeah that's so, a good way to kind of think of, of
1: picturing the statistic that probably more people are more comfortable in being trans right now so hope, the numbers yeah. are going to be higher as opposed to you know yeah i, I think that's a better you know way, I mean? to, way to do it 100 percent. okay
0: and sorry there's a blue jay outside of my window but you're gonna have to deal with it for today's recording Absolutely. anyway moving right along guys so more more details here just to give you a a, a picture of the violence that transgender have to go through transgender people have to go through since 2013 when hrc started uh keeping statistics um hrc and other advocates have recorded at least 202 transgender and gender nonconforming individuals who are victims of fatal violence in the united states again this this number sounds very low but as darren thoughtfully and smartly pointed out you know when you think about the percentage of people in our country yeah ratio that are transgender it's enormous In 2020, the HRC recorded 37 fatalities, as we mentioned, at the time of publication, which is, of course, the highest number they've tracked thus far in a single year. As mentioned, I think this number will sadly go up. We hope it doesn't, right? Like We hope the more representation and the more people who are able to be true to themselves um, will spread only more kindness and more awareness and education about what it means to be trans. In 2020, at least 30 victims were transgender women, of which 22 were black transgender women. That's an enormous percentage of the people um, who were murdered and and killed. Um, Additionally, at least three were transgender men, three were non-binary or gender non-conforming. Gun violence, as you might expect, is a major contributing factor to the number of fatalities against transgender and gender nonconforming conforming people. Mm-hmm. Um, since 2003, more than two-thirds... Since
1: 2013. I'm sorry, since
0: 2013. Thank you, Darren. Um, <clears throat> more than two-thirds of the recorded fatalities involved a firearm. And we're not here to get into the firearm debate, you know, the gun debate. But as you might expect, you know, this epidemic, the the gun problem I think that we can all agree we have in America um, is affecting this community very directly. In 2020, at least 17 of the 37 fatalities involved a firearm or gun violence. So yeah, as you can imagine, gun violence is a very big part uh, of this situation with this epidemic, as I think it's called. Um, in the vast majority of states, there are no laws expressly banning perpetrators of violent crimes from asserting the victim's sexual orientation or gender identity as a so-called panic defense. Now, Darren, I'm sure you're familiar. You've heard the panic defense, yeah? Scenario, especially yes. gay panic. Essentially, essentially. if you
1: it, the to put it in a like a, a loose term, because they actually talk about it in in, in uh, doc. I'm not even sure how many. Like, I'm not even sure, like, which specific states, although I do know that New York up until recently actually had panicked events as part of their jurisdiction, which is kind of crazy. But essentially it's Mm. like, I don't want to say you have a right to kill, but you kind of have a right to self-defense if you are panicked and not realize that that person is trans, which makes no sense to me at all. Of course um, Because uh you know that could be like i'm on a date with somebody and i didn't realize how fucking ugly they were or how right. fucking this they were so it's just like i panicked and killed them like also i want to just point out that a, a lot of this as a general statement is always to do with trans women um and violence oh, yeah. against women as opposed to trans men even though trans men yes of course but i just think it's interesting that a lot of this panic defense stuff is from uh, men who think that they were broken well, right. up with a uh, biological, a biological female. female as opposed to a trans woman. And that's really how it happens. Right. You don't really hear about it too, too much in the reverse. It's right. not really like straight women are uh, killing trans men in the same way. So this is very much right. so violence against women, which we see constantly.
0: Yeah, great point. And the panic defense allows a criminal defendant to basically argue in court that their discovery of the victim's sexual orientation or gender identity caused the defendant's violent reaction, potentially leading to a reduced charge or sentence. When used in a case of violence against a transgender or gender nonconforming person, this is often colloquially called a trans panic defense. Thankfully, in recent years, a number of states have enacted bans, including California, Illinois, Rhode Island, Nevada, Connecticut, Hawaii, Maine, and New York. The passage of this legislation will help to end the legitimization, legitimate, legitimate. Oh my God, legitimization. legitimization. Yep, that's right. What is wrong with my mouth and my head today? Of uh, violence against transgender and gender nonconforming people, and ensure that victims obtain equal justice, which is, of course, you know, paramount. I mean, yeah. The fact that we even have to discuss this is is bizarre. Um, of course, as you can imagine, none of this was even. A thing at the time of Marsha's Marcia, uh, lifetime um, when she was alive and living in New York City in the early 60s and late 60s. Yeah, so
1: let's, let's get into her legacy, I think. Um, uh, yeah. Marsha's legacy was maybe unrecognized while she was alive. But today in the year of 2022, uh, it's one kind of all of us, I think, should really applaud. Marsha was born as I Malcolm agree. Michaels Jr. And I will say... Uh, in the documentary, Marsha does describe herself. I think you can kind of um, use any type of pronoun that seemed to be right. You could say he or she. Oh, okay. Um,
0: I missed that. I didn't realize
1: that. Uh, like talking to her, her sister. Uh, she mm. was just like, whatever. And they kind of bounced back and forth. Also, transvestite was a term that they did use at the that's time. Right. So in case we do miss it, it's not us being insensitive. It's literally oh. the term that they had at the time. So that's just us kind of being um, honoring her legacy. So Can I jump sh-
0: in about that really quickly? Yeah, sure. Because I recently ha- was talking to a friend who was describing something in a in a, in a friendly, positive way. They were none the wiser. And they mentioned the word transsexual. And I thought to myself for a moment, I was like, wait, do I know what that means exactly? And I looked it up and... You know again, which we should should all do. let's educate ourselves around these term this terminology, but it turns out like yes, transvestite is more derogatory these days Nowadays, like in the sixties yeah, right, yeah, and in the sixties it was more of a common word that people use for transgender people, but like transvestite, even transsexual is a, is becoming a little bit of a term that like transgender people seem to not want to be used to describe them, yeah, and it's all sort of funneled towards um. The word to describe people in this way is transgender. So, again, as Darren just mentioned, we may mention a quote by somebody that says transsexual or transvestite or, you know, several other derogatory terms. It's all meant to be uh, for the record and it's, of course, not something we would ever say.
1: So Marsha was born as Malcolm Michaels Jr. in August of 1945 in Elizabeth, New Jersey, which I've been to, and was the fifth of seven children, according to the New York Times obituary. Marsha became a staple of the New York City gay scene in the early 60s. I mean, Marsha is Stonewall, if I I can kind of put it any other (laughs) way. After graduating high school in New Jersey, Marsha moved to New York City with $15.00. And a bag of clothes. We've kind of heard this before of a lot of, like, immigrants and others yeah. and people who just, like, started their way. And during her lifetime, the term transgender was not widely used, and she often referred to herself as gay, a transvestite, or a queen. Just um, simply
0: a queen, which I love.
1: Which she is. It was not yes. an easy time to be gay, as hopefully most of us probably by now know. And even though New York State downgraded sodomy from a felony to a misdemeanor in 1950, the continued persecution of gay people and criminalization of their activities were still pretty common. I mean, even today, they're kind of still common. For example, Uh same-sex dancing in public was actually prohibited. (laughs) The state liquor authority banned bars from serving gay people alcoholic beverages. This is actually why Stonewall, and we'll get into the story, was actually owned by the mob because the mob kind of took an opportunity, like, in a weird way, as terrible as the mob is, the mob doesn't give a shit if you're black or white or trans or not. They just care about money. They care about one color and that's green. So if they saw an opportunity (laughs) to serve an underrepresented community. It really had nothing to do with about, like, representing that underrepresented community. It had to do with making money. So in a lot of ways, the mob actually kind of did create safe spaces, even though it doesn't seem like that. And it's kind of a weird thing to say, but bear with me on this. In fact, in 1966, a handful of gay men, including Marcia's friends and roommate Randy Wicker, who makes a very prominent um, display in this documentary, challenged this ban by staging a sip-in. And Randy and others were part of a group called the Mattachine Society, whose mission was to fight for gay rights in a time when there literally was none. Randy and others entered Julius, uh, which is actually a bar still around, and it announced they were gay men. They announced they were gay men and ordered or, order a drink, and they were, of course, denied service, as we said. Bands that served homosexuals ran the risk of having their state liquor license revoked. So We
0: should say bars, not bands, but... Sorry, yes, we bars that served. Bands.
1: Sorry, bars that served homosexuals, <laughs> yes. and it's interesting now because we're seeing that a lot with weed legalization. That that's right. You know, uh, we're trying to see. You know people have to pay in cash because they can't pay with credit card because it's technically not federally legal and they could lose oh, some of I their licenses for these things. And so even though it's not the same thing, you know, certainly you're not going to get beat up by a sure. cop for smoking weed. I think the idea is very, very similar. And so history.com reported that, quote, they went on to two bars in search of rejection, Howard Johnson's and Waikiki. However, both establishments served the men drinks. It wasn't until they got to Julius, a safe bet for rejection since it had been raided a few days earlier, that. They got the response they needed to move forward and expose the discriminatory law. I will say Julius is a very, very small, very cute dive bar in New York City, very gay man. I was going to ask if you've
0: been there, yeah.
1: I have many times, uh, even with Andy. And so the fact that they have... the fact that they refused just goes to show how scared they were that they got raided a few days before. And, right. you know, people could be charged with sexual deviancy for cross dressing. Police enforcement mm. of homosexual crimes was seen as random. All of these conditions added up to a monumental challenge for Marsha on how she identified and how she wanted to live her life. Quote, Marsha P. Johnson could be perceived as the most marginalized of people. She's black queer, gender non-conforming, poor, uh, among, among those probably black and poor is going to be the most one that is just mm-hmm. like most marginalized people. Susan Stryker, an associate professor of gender and women's studies at the University of Arizona, told The New York Times that, quote, you might expect a person in such a position to be fragile, brutalized, beaten down, Instead, Marsha had this joie de verre, a a capacity to find joy in a world of suffering. She channeled it into political action, and she did it with a kind of fierceness, grace and whimsy, with a loopy, absurdist reaction to it all.
0: And the people who knew
1: Marsha the closest described her as a saint in some ways. Actually, transgender icon and her friend, Sylvia Rivera, who made very obviously is also in the doc, was mm-hmm. best friends with Marsha and remembers Marsha as a mother to me in the 27 documentary, The Deaf and Life of Marsha P. Johnson, which you can watch right now on Netflix, which is what we're kind of uh, doing. Sylvia dealt with homelessness later on, but she was just as much, even though she's white or rather Latin, I think, uh, mm-hmm. just as much at the forefront of Marsha. Uh, they were just yeah. they were they were absolutely together and doing it. And, you know, Marsha is a really good example if some people are pissed off about um, the recent Roe v. Wade uh, decision, mm-hmm. other things kind of happening in their community. Um, Marsha's kind of the perfect example to me of, yeah. you know, it's not a matter of yelling about the other side. It's doing things locally. It's doing things with small amount of changes. Um, I think that's how gay rights actually really really got oh, to the yeah. forefront in the past like 20 years especially. And so it's really about the smaller changes. It's not so much about just like arguing of like, we should be doing this. Like Marsha was like literally boots on the fuck. I mean, excuse well, me. Marsha was heels on the fucking ground. <laughs> heels on of the ground. This, okay. Great Let me get it metaphor. right. Yes. That's
0: great. I love that. I mean, you know, the quote you just read by Susan Stryker is like maybe the most I don't know. It's just so inspiring. I mean, you have to think and remember that this is the 60s. There's no um social media organizing, there aren't even really, you know, LGBTQ organizations that are standing up for anybody in any, any capacity, especially on the, uh, on the political realm. And so Marsha was like, you know what, I'm going to use what I have, you know, to my capacity to make a name for myself and not even for herself. It was about the movement. It was about, you know, and I, I say this to people, I I don't want to sound preachy, but to, you know, whenever Darren, you and I have spent a lot of time speaking to people that are in the beginnings of their careers or are younger, maybe they're interns and things like that. And you know, I always say just do the most you can because we all have a lot of capacity and we all probably know our limits. If we don't, that's fine too. But if you have something that really means a lot to you, go out into the world and, and Use it to your advantage. And I would say, like, I don't know if I don't want to speak for you, Darren, but even this podcast and just podcasting in general, being able to use this platform to bring this type of a story to the thousands and thousands of listeners that listen to our show is me kind of you know, using my capacity in the best sure. way that I can. And that's really important to me. And it will will we change the world with this podcast? Well, of course we will. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you no, can the, only hope. You the know? best
1: thing for me, even from hearing from you, is like how I might have changed someone's opinion about something.
0: Yeah, like I don't even vote us.
1: locally. I, you know, I have a lot, quote unquote, weird political opinions. As we know, I'm, I'm a libertarian <laughs> and – I believe that human rights are human rights, and I believe that I own my body, whether that's with a vaccine mandate or whether that's with abortion. Like I get to dis, or legalization of drugs, I get to decide what I do with my body as a human being, uh, born right. in this country. And so, I feel that wholeheartedly, whether or not people disagree with me. And you know,
0: yeah.
1: I have found through at least maybe my last couple of years of just being on podcasting, even from you, John. Like when people come out to me and they're like, "You really changed my mind about." This or, you know, you really made because you articulated you didn't make me feel like an idiot and you really like made me think about that. That to me is so much stronger than Mm. on a picket line for me and going out there just because it's like I do believe that the world can kind of change like one human interaction at a time not by people yeah. just screaming at each other with signs. I never thought that really helped. Uh, yeah. You know, even the Pride Parade, obviously it represents something good, but the Pride Parade is not convincing anyone to hate gay people less. It's yeah. the one-on-one conversations that we're having that making people hate gay people less. Yeah, well, you that's know, fair. So yeah. that's kind of how I view it. But obviously the parade is important. I'm not saying it's stupid. Well, I'm just saying that it's like, that's not changing people's minds in the same way as maybe this might be.
0: I agree, Um also, uh, by the way, the New York City Pride Parade just happened a few days ago. Darren, did you? Did you were you around? Did you do any Pride-related events? I, guess I, I did.
1: Asked, if you yeah. listen to NMR this
0: week, you'll oh, find out what I did. That's right. Look at that tease! Look at Look that at little that tease to listen to our other content. I love that.
1: That's right. All right. Baby. Well, more.
0: But the Pride Parade's so interesting, right? Because when you just, you know, you just eloquently explain so much of the. You know, the problems you couldn't same sex dance in the streets or you'd go to jail. And now you think about Pride, Parade, especially in New York, which may be the biggest one on earth. And it's you couldn't get further. Someone's
1: sweaty man nipple like went into my mouth as I was trying to like cross the street. And then I got like headphones thrown at me. So I feel like we're past the same sex dancing in the streets.
0: Right, there you go. Well, yeah. more on that later, I guess, or on NMR, yes. I should say. Well, let's get into a little bit of the advocacy because there was more to Marsha in New York City than just gay bars and nightlife. She was someone who looked to stand up for gay rights and transgender representation in a time where, you know, the word, as we said, transgender wasn't really often used. She was an iconic. Unapologetic personality who would take to the streets to protest for her rights and for gay rights. Amen. Sylvia talked about the movement in the documentary and what it took for her and Marcia to sort of stand up for what they believe in, saying, "quote We were the ones that stood the forefront and fought the cops off, and we're the ones that didn't mind getting our heads bashed in." Yep. quote Which I think is an interesting perspective it's- in that it shows that they're willing, <clears throat> excuse me, to just. You know, even give over their physical bodies if it if that's and what it, it takes it
1: on, that that statement really struck me the most, because sometimes I'm even scared now of stating an opinion for fear of just people chopping my head off. I feel like you and I you and I can struggle with having that that like even a normal conversation. We have to be like, we're not representing all these people like blah, blah, blah. Like we right. have to do so many qualifications for our right. speech now And we're only doing that because I'd like to say that, like, hey, I know who you are, John. Like, when you say something to me, like, I know where Mm. your heart is. I know the type of guy you are. So even if I disagreed on something like that, I could be like, okay, but he's a good person. Maybe he didn't mean that way. I just feel like now with everybody, it's like the fact that Marsha was willing to get her fucking head bashed -bashed in. in And I can be scared about having like one tweet or instant. It just goes (laughs) to show, like, how brave the times she change. was. Yeah, yeah, and how brave she is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Was. I agree with you. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes, was. Um, Carla J, the LGBT movement co-founder, also noted Marsha's place in the world, saying, quote, Marsha was very good natured, she was funny, she laughed, but she shouldn't be mistaken for a lack of serious purpose and political intent, which I think is a really important thing to do here because you know, especially because we don't have a ton of media surrounding Marsha. We don't get to see a ton of her personality like we would, you know, mod- in modern ways. Let's let's put it this way. Not everybody had a camera phone in their pockets as yeah. we do now. It's a very different uh, media landscape in terms of personalities and TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat. Um, so, you know, a lot of what we see is mo- of Marsha, aside from the protesting, is flamboyant outfits sure. and you know gay bars and and what i think people in the midwest for without generalizing them would consider you know flamboyant and and mm-hmm. over the top but you know there was a lot more to her than that so i think that was an important thing and a new york times obituary noted that marsha's goal which she spoke about for in an interview for a 1972 book was quote to see gay people liberated and free and to have equal rights that other people have in america with her, quote, gay brothers and sisters out of jail and on the streets again, end quote. Um, she also says, quote, we believe in picking up the gun, starting a revolution if necessary, she said. Yep. Um. So, again, she was just like, you know. she's a
1: revolutionary.
0: Revolutionary. Kind of yeah, that's a great way to put it.
1: As we said, Marsha was a key person in the dramatic raids that happened at the Stonewall Inn, which is a iconic gay bar on Christopher Street in New York City. It's funny because Nadine and I were walking by it the other day and I was trying to explain like a little bit of the history. She's like, wait, that's where the raids happened? And I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's Stonewall. Yeah, I was that's like, it. that is Stonewall. Yeah. I was like, it's not representing Stonewall. I was like, that is where it happened. And right. she was like, Can you take me inside? I was like, You might be disappointed inside, sweetie. It might just be better to stay outside. You will be. Yeah, I was like, You know, it's like a shitty dive. And like- yeah, I was going to say. But it's, it's historic a- and it's got dancing. But I was like, It's not like you're going to walk in into like a museum, babe. I was like, It's That's $5 right. well drinks at the bar, babe. That's what we're getting. <laughs> and um, I will
0: say, we talked yeah. about this. I remember talking about this on Martinis and Murder. So we should mention it again that Darren and I have spent. Some time together at Stonewall Inn for a certain friend's birthday party yes, back in the day. yes. I've been there a few times. You know, listen, what happens at Stonewall stays at Stonewall. That's all I can say about that.
1: Amen to that. You know? And mm. ab- absolutely. You're going to have to listen to uh, a Patreon, I'm sure, to get that story out. Of <laughs> I me was going to say yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, so this infamous police read happened on June 28th. 1969, so literally over, <laughs> yeah, what, over... 31 plus 22, so like 53 years ago, almost That's to the right. day that you're listening to this.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And according to author Martin Duberman, who wrote the book Stonewall, 13 people were arrested simply for being gay at the bar.
0: And let's and... take a second to just realize this. People just existing in the world at yeah. Stonewall. Not
1: violating anyone's rights.
0: Not viola- probably peaceful at this point were arrested for basically existing. And like, yeah. you, you know, we heard about, the we, we know all the atrocities that have happened in our country that are, and I would consider way more severe than this in terms of slavery, in terms of the civil rights movement and how people like that were treated in the 60s and before that. But, you know, you, you think that just existing in a gay bar without bringing any attention to yourself would be a place in the United States where like you would be fine? No they were they were arrested and it's it's mind boggling to me and it's in a way like we're so lucky darren i feel like living in the time that we are are living that in a sense this all got out of the system of the united states so that we can sort of you know you know that expression um somebody walked so we could run i feel like we're in a place now where at least for now in the united states where we can run I, i i just find that stat so fascinating i wanted to take a moment Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, the book also notes that four officers were injured and that nearly everything inside of Stonewall Inn was broken or damaged as a result of the discriminatory raid. Also noted in Duberman's book on Stonewall were the other severe injuries that happened not, that night. Quote, one protester needed stitches to repair a knee broken by a nightstick. Another two lost another lost two fingers in a car door. Witnesses mm. recollect that some of the most feminine boys were beaten badly. I imagine it's really right. all about appearance. It's not them like I was talking gay. It's them looking gay, you know, right. for lack of a better term here. And though many consider Marcia to be the first person to throw and this is also, I think, why. The otherness happens more with trans,
0: for sure, with trans
1: women than it does with trans men. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's a matter of just like I think feminine boys is very, like, antithetical to like what people think of men, and right. that's why it kind of bothers them so much. Which is exactly why like girls can be tom tomboys, no problem, and they can right. like kiss girls and be sexy. But a boy with right. painted nails. Hooking up with a boy to experiment is gay, right? Like they, they have to gay. be gay, right? It's like,
0: femme. It's, exactly. They're not living up to the cultural standards it, of masculinity. And in, in a, a lot of
1: ways, thing. it's still very anti woman because femininity is bad and femininity is weak is how society is looking at this which is why it's more of a trans trans women thing than it is a trans man thing Right. Um, not that it doesn't affect them I'm just saying it's a statement of course so though many consider Marsha to be the first person to throw a brick in this uprising against police brutality there are some conflicting reports according to the New York Times although I think metaphorically we could say that she did throw the first brick uh, whether or not physically she seemed to be just one of many people at Stonewall that day who resisted the police during the raid on the bar, uh, according to the author David Carter, who wrote the book Stonewall, the riots that sparked the gay revolution. Mm-hmm. Sylvia Rivera, Marsha's best friend, remembers the moment the police began the raid, saying, we were dancing, my lover and I. The next thing we know, the lights came on. We were being raided. Queens started being filed out and being put into police cars. Guns had been drawn. Molotov cocktails were flying. And I'm like, oh my God, the revolution is here. Thank God.
0: <laughs> I mean, fr- imagine being like attacked by the police and that's something you think of. I mean, What an incredible person. Well,
1: and you must, I mean, like, it's interesting because I wonder how they would prove any of this in the court of law. Like, totally, was it so corrupt that the police could just be like, hey, there's a there's a fag over there like they should be arrested. Or is it a matter of like, no, you have to prove that John was hooking up with a boy in the bar. You know, I I I don't know the quality of law that this.
0: I'm um, glad you're touching on that, because that is one of the questions I've always wondered is like okay we know the police raided Stonewall the the riot began pride in essence is born in a sense right but like who like what is happening behind the scenes with the police you know what I mean that's we we hear a little bit about it in this documentary and by the way like Darren has mentioned please go and watch it it's fascinating um especially because it does a great job at sort of, giving a look at what New York City even itself was like back in those days, which yeah. I find always really interesting, like the evolution of cities in and of itself. But, you know, you just wonder who, like, who's the, like, you know, the the hateful person sitting at a police desk that's directing all of these police to go and do this shit. That's, and that's where I'm, I, I just want to, like, dig into that, to those <laughs> details and, like, sure. find that hateful person. But, yeah, anyway,
1: no, it's it's that's true. And This raid sparked and obviously began the gay rights movement that many of us are still fighting for and speaking out for today, specifically for trans issues. The first gay pride parades were formed in the years following the raid on Stonewall as a message of solidarity. And today's pride parades in the U.S. are still a message of protesting our rights and equality, but also a celebration of how far we've come as a society,
0: that's true. even in
1: the last decade, hell, even in the last eight years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well- You know, we've come a long way since the 60s, as we've said. Um, You know, tragically, Marsha was unable to see her protests and her work come to light because her body, unfortunately, was found floating in the Hudson River near the Christopher Street Piers in New York City on July 6th, 1992. Yeah, which is almost
1: exactly 30 years ago from when you guys are listening to this. So keep that in mind. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And though her death was ruled a suicide at the time, of course, many have speculated um, about this being true given the state of the LGBTQ rights at the time, given the, you know, the situation around the stereotypes. uh, You know, I'm not sure if the HIV... Epidemic was raging in New York City at this time. I should have probably looked that up, but it's
1: a little too early. But but yeah. well, well, 1992. It was definitely we were kind of coming out of it, but it was still definitely there. But I think yeah. a lot of people ruled suicide because hell, look at the t- you know trans suicide rates in that community are high because it's like bullying, it's othering. You feel like you're. Yeah you know and it, but suicide never felt right to me just because of how prominent marsha i mean marsha's basically saying i'll get my fucking head bashed in to protect yeah, these right. rights that's usually not a person who's going to commit suicide
0: well right exactly um additionally marsha was found with a quote hole in her head according to witnesses who watched her body pulled from the river friends and family insist that marsha was not suicidal and that there's a lot of evidence to show that there was mafia ties to her death right Jean Michaels, Mar- Marcia's sister, told the Netflix documentary that we keep referencing that she is still unaware of what happened to Marcia, saying, quote, I really don't know anything. We really don't know anything about that, end quote, which is like, that's another thing. It's like, can we can we as true crime sleuths look into documents? You know, can we can we make FOIA requests to get, you know, The autopsy and all the other details we can to try to figure out exactly what the hell happened here. We probably will never know. Well, in the
1: doc, I think they do the best that they
0: can. Yeah, they definitely do. I I agree. And in this documentary, where Victoria Cruz, a transgender activist and volunteer of the New York City Anti Violence Project, takes on Marsha's case herself, as we were just mentioning. Marsha's roommate, Randy Wicker, insists that, insists that there was no way Marsha could have been suicidal, saying, quote, well, it certainly was not suicide. That was an insult to the family. No way could Marsha in any way commit suicide, end quote. And I just want to take a minute here and just say that, you know, the realities about suicide and the depression that comes before that is that you never really know. And this is not to discredit the people that knew Marsha, by the way, but the reality is suicide and the depression around that is so deeply personal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I'm not discrediting the people that knew her. I'm sure they know way better than anyone else, of course. But, you know, I I hear this so often from so many um, friends of victims of suicide that it's like, that's the point. The reality is, like, they have to hide their true feelings so deeply that... You know, it's a tragic reality that they're struggling in such a monumental way internally, and we, you know, I hope there's, people understand that.
1: There's like freedom and death, you know. Yeah, for, right. In, in in that way, I think for a lot yeah. of people,
0: yeah. Yeah, I agree. But justice could not be served because to many people the police seem to just forget about Marsha's death randy has was a big outspoken critic of the police as seen in the documentary with that original footage insisting that police just didn't care about the case because Marsha was one of the tra- many transgender people who were murdered and forgotten about um and that's one thing i love about hrc because they're they're shining a spotlight on these deaths in a way that's like by the way don't forget these people just because they're transgender does not mean they should be overlooked or forgotten which i and think that's, happens so often
1: and to bring it back into something i care about that's why i love the innocence project because it just it takes on right. these cases of these people that are just regardless of their sexuality these are just innocent people uh, Yeah, it's sitting in jail um right, exactly. and that's that's a tragedy in and of itself and so they're kind of representing these un, um these marginalized communities in their own way
0: for sure Randy goes on to say more recently, but quote, but let's face it, the police department, they had made up their mind. This case is over with. We don't want to be bothered. This is a nobody. This isn't a person, end quote, which is still, you know, something that I think people face in in modern day police departments. Mm -hmm. In the documentary, it's insinuated that the mafia could be responsible for the death of Marsha. At the time of Marcia's death, there were rumors that the mafia were the ones controlling and profiting off of gay pride parades, which I found fascinating in the documentary, um, that were new and, you know, being organized throughout the New York City area. And Randy Wicker also was trying to take control of the pride parades so that it was more representational of the people it was about and not the mafia. Right. By the way, gay people should be handling pride. Let's just or LGBTQ people, we should say. Um, In the documentary, Victoria Cruz discovers evidence that Randy Wicker was threatened by the Mafia for trying to take control of the Pride Parade as well. All of this circumstantial evidence leads up to the same reality, which is that Marsha P. Johnson was likely murdered and her killer was never found. According to the New York Times, quote, later in 1992, the authorities reclassified the cause to drowning from undetermined causes and in 2012 they agreed to take a fresh look at the case which officially remains open and
1: Yeah quote. in the in the doc they do insinuate that whether or not Marsha might have been shot in the head I mean you know they did they did even though people had sort of described this gaping hole that does kind of happen if your body has been um, sitting in water for any given of time there is like this deterioration mm. of flesh that can kind of be caused and so yeah. there is sort of this open assumption that whether or not she was shot in the back of the head was she being chased? Did she trip? Did she fall into the, the river? Like, right. that's really easy. And in that sense, you know, she was scared for her life and running to defend herself. And so there's a lot of up in the airs that I'm kind of hoping um, that could get solved with better tech, better science. Yeah. So here's how you guys can help. The HRC has great advice on what we all can do to make trans, help make transgender issues visible and not stigmatized or stereotype. You could support artists, athletes, activists, political leaders, and other transgender public figures who are sharing their stories and lived experiences. Uplift these individuals by elevating their projects, sharing their work among your personal network and communities. We must also ensure that transgender and non-binary voices have a seat at the table where decisions are being made that impact their communities. I often say that, like, for me, you know, people are like, how do you be an ally? How do you be an ally? It's like, I don't really know how to be an ally. I know how to not be an ally. And so anything that you like, (laughs) that's what I know. You know, like you don't have to, you know, be on the picket line to be an ally. You could treat a transgender person because they're a human being, like a normal human being, and that's being an ally. You know, like I don't like all the, like, you got to give up, you got to do this, you got to do that. It's like, or you could just treat them with respect and call that a day. Like, that's fine too.
0: Like, right, you can treat people like human beings, as you With
1: just respect. said. With yeah.
0: respect, right. Um, another right. thing you can do stigma against transgender and gender nonconforming people can take many forms, including lack of acceptance by friends and family, a hostile political climate, and negative stereotypes, or lack of representation in pop culture and media. All these factors lead to their dehumanization and increase their risk of experiencing violence. Again, it's this otherness, this dehumanizing. Uh, perspective that Darren just touched on. We, you, one of the things that I think is it, everybody can do very easily is to reject transphobic language mm-hmm. and have conversations with those around you who may need to learn more. Darren, you made a great point earlier. It's not about screaming in the other person's face or getting hot headed when somebody, you know, uses derogatory terms. The reality around that is that people, you know, unless they are educated on why some of these derogatory terms are derogatory, they're they're going to keep using them. So take right. a and moment a, and say, and a, "Hey, wait a minute. You know, that word and it's is not acceptable."
1: Also possible that those people are are unaware. And so yeah. it's it's good not to come at it with screaming and it's good to come at it with a little empathy uh, sure. depending on who you're talking to and raise the profile of transgender and non-binary leaders in your community elevate their concerns support their work in addition more and more transgender and non-binary people are running for elected offices so yeah. working on their campaigns supporting other pro-equality elected officials who are committed to addressing anti-transgender violence is imperative new york city right. for example uh you know election day the other day, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are kind of addressing the trans panic issue or not in your city could be a huge thing. And um, that doesn't for mean sure. that they're right on all other issues. But if that's your main issue, that's gonna yeah. be very important, you know?
0: Yeah. And I would say, you know, if people are running for offices who are empathetic towards trans people, I mean, to me, that's a character uh, attribute, right? Like, it tells me that there are people that are aware of this very important and you know dehumanizing struggle that, that that people are dealing with so that to me says something hrc also says that we should help ensure local law enforcement are able to create safe communities for transgender and non-binary people too often, transgender and non uh, gender nonconforming people lack explicit protections from discrimination. And by including gender identity and non-discrimination policies, we can ensure transgender and gender nonconforming people feel safe in their jobs and public, public accommodations and, of course, in their daily lives. Absolutely. So, you know, hold your local law enforcement accountable as well and see how they feel and go to those town hall meetings and... By the way, this doesn't even just have to apply to, you know, transgender rights. This can apply to Anything. any minority that is being underserved. Or in any issue. Any issue yeah, you give a shit issue. about. Any yeah. issue.
1: Uh, Well, since the last episode, the Marsha P. Johnson Institute has created the National Resource List for Transgender Community. The new list enables transgender individuals to find local resources for holistic health, from employment to trans friendly physicians to legal care and trans-owned businesses. The Resource Finder identifies national and regional organizations that can help across 10 topic areas. Twelve national organizations are identified, as well as those across 17 states, uh, as awareness of the list and with it new and with its new resources grows, the list will continually be updated and expanded. You can mm-hmm. find the list in our show notes if you're interested. Um, I don't want to read it because it'll sound too uh, haphazard. Yeah, but yeah, It's definitely yeah. in our show notes, and you could just fucking Google it, and you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and I just love that it's the Marsha P. Johnson Institute that's doing this because you know this is fulfilling her name in a way that you couldn't you couldn't possibly be honoring Marsha in in a more um, in a better way. You know, yep. that's really it. The uh, Marsha P. Johnson Institute seeks to eradicate systemic community and physical violence that silences the community from actualizing freedom, joy, and safety. In part, this mission is addressed. This is straight from their website, by the way. In part, this mission is addressed through locating culturally competent resources for basic necessities like housing, food security, legal and financial support. Now, of course, COVID 19 relief, health, wellness, employment, social support, and more. Um, the list that, you know, we're referencing here, the um, the national resource list for the transgender community includes black TGNC inclusive resources for all of these basic necessities listed by state and organized by asset. And of course, if you're listening to this and you are checking out this list and you see a resource that needs to be updated or know of a resource that could be valuable, you can in, you can email info at Marsha because Absolutely. we, you know, the other thing is, we have a lot of very compassionate, thoughtful listeners who are very uh, progressive on the trans community. So we love you guys for for supporting that and. You know, Darren, any last thoughts about Marsha P before we wrap up the episode?
1: You know, just that, like, even if this isn't your number one issue, which I get, I don't think anyone should be forced to have this be their number one issue. I do think it's a really good doc, and she's a really interesting person to understand the history in this country of just understanding human rights um, as opposed to even just transgender rights, just what human beings should be fighting for, how to kind of do it at a local level and make a big splash in that way. I mean, I think it says a lot that... 40 50 years later the person that we kind of revere the most in our community happens to be a black queer yeah. uh you know transgender, transgender person I think woman, that yeah. I, I think that says a lot about um our community yeah and I think that people should want to be interested in it again we're not shoving it down your throat I just think that that's a really interesting person to know if you yeah. want to understand the history of not only this country but of gay rights yeah
0: yeah I agree completely.
1: Shall we end on, uh, as Marsha would have wanted, should we end on a positive note, darling?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Well, let's move right into the listener shout-outs because Aaron and our Facebook group posted a really, I think, completely out of control, radical I don't know. I don't um, know. image I was perfect. that was making fun of my Crocs. Yep. Okay, saying, quote, Crocs are dangerous. You buy them thinking these will be great for around the house, then suddenly grocery store, Crocs, mall, Crocs, birthday party, Crocs, wedding. Crocs. I mean, Darren, Aaron's not wrong. Aaron's not wrong. Well, Darren, I actually found it very interesting because you even commented saying that Crocs are a gateway drug to more Crocs. <laughs> okay, so I think everyone needs to A lot of down. people agreed
1: with me on that. I'm just saying, once you, I know. Once you break that barrier of being like, yeah, I'm going to wear socks with sandals today, it's like there's no going back. It's like there sweatpants. We're not right? going to go back to that. Like athleisure yeah. is here. Once you find out how comfortable a Croc is, you're wearing oh. more Crocs, people. It is the gateway
0: Shoe. Well, let me say this. You know, what's not mentioned in that list from the meme that Aaron posted is um, post office Crocs, which is yeah. Yeah. definitely I've definitely worn my Crocs into the post office. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, no, I
1: don't it think is I- it is what it
0: is. I don't I no. think
1: people knew that without you even saying it. I mean, <laughs> right. I could have predicted it, but I'm right. glad you've clarified. Thank you for being sure. honest. Thank You're you welcome. for being honest. Yeah. Kristen, our Facebook group, also posted a great picture of what appear to be radicios, saying, <laughs> I got very excited at the farmer's market when I saw this. My boyfriend was very confused. <laughs> this is how we like to keep it among the heterosexual couples. Keep the women uh-huh. informed, keep the men informed. Ignorant and guessing. confused and guessing. <laughs> that is how we fucking like to keep it early shaken and disturbed.
0: Well, this image was so fascinating. First of all, I love that she got excited about Radikios. What other podca- Radikios. What other podcast is doing this with their fans? None. So that's that. I wanna say though, you know, I asked um my um Amazon Echo. What the Italian translation of radishes is, and it said radicchio's, but the picture that Krista posted was not a radish. It was like a little ball of like lettuce, like a Brussels sprout. So I'm confused. Personally, I will continue to stay guessing as we just said. But um, nonetheless, radicchio's were um, out and about in the wild, and people got excited for it. What more can you ask for?
1: You can't help that You can roll your R's, baby. Radicchio. I can't do
0: that. You're, fa- I'm fascinated. Can you, you just you try? Can you try? No, I won't even try. That's how bad. I literally, just I Just give me a little do- try. Give me no, a little try. No, I can't do it. That's my point. I can't even try. It's like, it doesn't happen. Sad. You're just sad. No, it is sad. My You're life is Sad. sad. Well, and of course, if you want to um, check out our merch, it is finally available. You can get a t-shirt, a hoodie, a pillow, no, no, oh. no, not Crocs. Uh, although not that would cro- be interesting. No. Whatever you want, you can click the link in our merch store in the show notes of this episode and make sure to tag us like most of you have been doing on social media when you've received your merch. I will say I'm working on the next wave of merch. So it'll be coming soon. Will there be a daddy cat and a mama bear? Stay tuned and They find might out. be. I also
1: yeah. wanted to just say, obviously the best way you can support the show directly by signing up to become yeah. a Patreon subscriber. You get bonus episodes, discount codes for merch and so much more for as little as $5 a month. You can actually get it cheaper if you sign up annually. Obviously, if you can't do that, no problem. We just appreciate a rate, a review, and subscribe. That is That's obviously right. how we get seen. And I will say, yesterday as I was walking to Andy's, I ran into somebody. She was like, "Oh my god! Like you're Darren! Like I listened to your <gasps> podcast, like Martinis and Murder, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, we we that have a new one." Mine. I was like. We, watched, we launched a new one, Shaken and Disturbed. She's like, oh, my God, I'll listen. And I was kind Aww. of thinking about it. And I think a lot of people think that Shaken and Disturbed is strictly on Patreon. Uh, we're not. We do uh, give free episodes more than we don't. So I think that's kind of why I think there was some maybe confusion sure. in the messaging. So if anyone ever asks, yes, we are on Patreon, but we aren't exclusively on Patreon. So that's you can listen to so us true. publicly Our for murd- free because we're those types of people.
0: Yeah, that's right. Our murder episodes are available every Sunday. That's or- right. Or Monday morning, depending on you know when I get around to posting that episode, because sometimes I mess up the schedule. And scheduling. my mom gets my and again. your mom calls you, and you get all to hell get breaks out of the loose. Front of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lastly, we want to say, of course, to thank thank you to Megan, who is, of course, a big part of our show. So one, two, three, thanks, thanks Megan. Megan.
1: We love you, and we, we love, love Marsha P you. Johnson, Megan, and Marsha right. P.
0: That's it. Love it. Right. And we'll love see you ladies. guys. We're going to recap our uh, Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, our Patreon live stream on the next episode. Lots to discuss. And thank you guys for supporting us all this, you know, all through Pride Month and, and every month of the and year. And have we a love
1: you. very happy Fourth of
0: July. That's right. See you guys next time.
1: Bye. Bye.